sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here. Uh, another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. And you might notice something different today. I'm not going to make up some goofy job for for Tony um, because Tony uh, isn't here and he's not here to respond to it in, with one of his typically you know dry and quippy remarks that he is now famous for as you know we're all famous from doing this but it's just me uh, I am going to talk at you for a while by myself Tony uh, did have a <clears throat> I don't think I'm speaking out of turn uh, and saying he had a death in the family. Um, I told him, you know, personally that I wished him well and best to his family and maybe some other people here did, but I also wanted to say it publicly so that um, everybody knows how nice of a person I am and that I'm a good friend. Um, So, Tony, I hope you and your family are uh, getting through this time as well as possible. Um, You know, Tony's the type of guy you do want to keep on your side. Uh, He is an extremely beautiful person and people who have met Tony know that he lives up to the accent sort of the best qualities of both sort of a, uh, I'd say an Italian type looking fellow, maybe like a, um, you know, my football fans out there will know a Francesco Totti, uh, a beautiful looking Italian man. Um, but then if you start in the, obviously, you know, the most famous, beautiful Australian, maybe a Hugh Jackman, you mix those two guys together. Um, and, and what comes out of there, it's, it's Tony. Um, and he's got the beautiful accent to, to pair with it. So, um, now me, on the other hand, I sort of look like a, uh, I don't, you know, like a, maybe a Mr. Bean, uh, Napoleon dynamite type combo, uh, something along those lines, but with Macaulay Culkin's head. So try to consider that someone sort of with the Napoleon dynamite posture, the Mr. Bean sort of consistently unaware, um, aloof type of fellow, but then put the home alone kids head on there. And that's Griff baby. Um, what am I going to do today? Oh boy. Um, it's day, uh, 105 of the quarantine. It's about, it's the afternoon. I know that I do get uh, caught up in the temporal, as I've mentioned before, very concerned about that, but, uh, it's sunny out. Uh, I am drinking. I did just get a beer out, uh, to, um, celebrate my ability to talk, alone for who knows how long at this point. Um, but it's a Pulaski Pills, a little refresher here on a hot day. It's 90 something degrees, hot out, been outside spraying beers with bleach all day. I uh, had a bunch of shipments come in today. Um, some stuff from my friends at Burial in Asheville. Can't wait to get at that. Um, did go over to the local shop and get a curbside drop of some Gloop, some tangerine mango soursop gloop. Uh, what is a soursop? I know there's another name for it, and I can't remember what it is right now. Um, I'm looking it up. A soursop is a uh, cherimoya. Or no, wait, it's in the same uh, family as a cherimoya. Um, so we'll just call it soursop. It's kind of prickly looking, has sort of some seeds in there, um, sort of fits in that tropical fruit type of flavor, we're going to guess. Um, so that's great. Uh, sprayed all those down, got a ship, couple shipments in, got some crazy stout, uh, got some 10.5% hazy IPA. That should lead to a good podcast maybe, or at least some unintelligible crap, which you get either way. 
Um, so uh, I also wanted, so this Pilsner is great, you know, tastes good. Um, maybe I'll do a couple beer reviews for you um, if you guys are lucky. Um, I've had a bunch of beers this week because uh, I can, and there's not really anything else to do um, here in this quarantine where things are just getting worse. Uh, everything's getting worse. I think presumably it's, uh, you know, if you, if you look at it objectively, uh, it is theoretically more dangerous outside now than it was when we canceled everything. Um, and, and postponed everything. Um, even in Illinois, which is one of the better performing states and is still many orders of magnitude worse than, say, the United Kingdom uh, in terms of daily cases and deaths. And of course, we know that our testing volume is uh, improving here, but not great in most places. So things are uh, definitely getting worse. They are going to start playing sports here. We know that's a good idea. Um, as things uh, become as bad as they've ever been. So we're feeling good about that. Um, uh, one correction I have to make, actually, that's sort of going to be our next segment, is correcting my mistakes. Uh, last week I did congratulate um, fellow, uh, well, I'm not a politician, but a, a leftist politician named Charles Booker on his uh, victory in Kentucky. Uh, turns out I'm just congratulating him on his near victory in Kentucky because he did not win uh, a Biden-ish, well, actually, we'll just call it a Reagan Democrat, uh, ended up winning there. So I am not congratulating her. I would congratulate Charles still on running a fine campaign, getting outspent like by 40 times and coming within a couple uh, hundredths of a point of winning. So uh, congrats to him anyways. I do not retract. Actually, you know what it turns out? Fuck that. I don't retract my statement at all. I uh, I stand by it. And uh, hopefully there's a recount and I can retract this retraction when he does win. Um, so keep my fingers crossed for that. I'm not in Kentucky, but uh, I was following that as I uh, do support fellows uh, like that. Um, yes, reviewing beers. Uh, I drank some beers, like I said. Um, I drank a, uh, a beer called Fossilization uh, that I got from Tavor. Uh, or Taver or Tavour. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, this was a beer that I drank this week, and I really liked it. It is by Weldworks Brewing Company. Weldworks, a place I've been that got that has high marks in general by most beer nerd, hazy IPA type nerd folks. I thought it was fine, I guess I'd say. I, I didn't really lose my mind over it. I'd say I had about a, a 50% hit rate of beers I liked versus beers I thought were sort of Eh, you know, three and, three and a half star beers in my world, I guess. Um, that didn't quite live up to my expectation. Um, this I loved. I really enjoyed this. This was a fruited Berliner Weiss. I would would not quite put it in the gloop phase of, of fruited beers. Um, it was maybe pre-gloop. This is more like a kind of like a sour IPA. Maybe it was a, it had papaya, blood orange, passion fruit. And dry hop with Sabro hops, those coconutty uh, boys, the Sabro boys. I did, I do enjoy those. Um, this was a big tropical fruit banger. I loved it. And Tony loves when I say banger, and hopefully he's listening to me say it. What's up, Tony? Just a shout out to you. Another one here in the first uh, few minutes. Um, great tropical fruit flavor. I love passion fruit in beer because for some reason, I, I, I mean, passion fruit, an inedible thing to eat on its own, but 
uh, in beer, uh, maybe a fruit snack type flavor I get from it for some reason. I can't explain that, but I do get a little bit of that. Not super musty with the papaya. Sometimes the papaya beers uh, end up with a big must taste to me, like a tropical, you know, funk to them. I don't know how to describe that. But this, I thought, was just overall excellent. does contain lactose and, in fact, had a sticker that said contained lactose over the label. Um, so there must be some sort of allergy rule there. We have all kinds of beers with lactose in them that don't say lactose on them, uh, including, you know, many, many IPAs with sneaky milk sugar in them. Um, so this beer on Untapped is actually rated a 4.11. Um, what did I rate this? I rated it a 4.5. That's pretty good. Um, you know, even looking back on it, I might have done a little higher, but we'll go 4.5. I think that's good. 4.11 for this on Untapped. Well, let's cruise through some of the reviews here. This will be entertaining, I'm sure. Jim G says, the the most interesting beer I have ever, ever tasted. So I'm, I'm trying to accentuate the caps. Thanks, B. So that's maybe a friend or a, maybe it's his boo. I don't know. One of those. Uh, a sour but wants to be an IPA. I think that's sort of kind of, you know, projecting your ambition on the beer, but okay. Um, usually sour IPAs are just sour. Uh, this is wild. It's not wild. It's just sour. It's not wild. I would, I would, I would confirm that this is not a wild beer. It is a kettle soured beer. So thanks, Jim G. That didn't do it for me. Um, let's look at some other ones. Tim A, he's got a picture of a kitty cat. I like that on his uh, as his avatar. Big, ripe, tropical, and pit fruit nose. I don't know what a pit fruit is, but maybe someone can tell me. Touch of cream, juicy citrus, pit, and tropical. I'm lost on that. Okay. Almost no tartness. Okay, last time we had... Sour Boy said it um, had some sour. It wants to be an IPA. This guy says no tartness, just ripe fruit. Well-balanced, lots of fruit flavor. So an argument to say is ripe fruit have a tartness to it. Depends on what fruit. Would a, would a ripe passion fruit have a tartness to it? I think so. Um, so, Tim, you know, I'm giving that review. That's okay. Okay. What else we got? Um Running a little low, some pictures of golf courses. People are out golfing again, doing stuff. I think that's nuts. Okay, kind of weird aftertaste. Two spaces, comma, space, hoppy fruits, space, period. All right. Hoppy fruits. Uh, almost noon somewhere. This guy's drinking early. I can support that. Um, uh, great! Oh, yeah, col great collaboration between two great breweries. You know, I forgot to mention that. This was a collaboration with Speciation, and maybe that's why it was so great. I love Speciation there in Michigan. Um, their fruited sours are killer, so maybe that's what sort of put this over the top for me. Um, not the funk for, that you usually get from a Speciation beer, but, um, you know, certainly not intended to either. So fossilization by Weldworks, if you see it, Keep that out, man. Uh, I really liked it. Um, that's a four and a halfer for me. Another beer that I drank was a beer from Burial, and it was called um, What Came to Be. And this was also a sour beer. And this is more of a farmhouse beer. This beer had big time funk. This is all the things I like in beer. This was a five star beer for me. 
Let me describe this to you. Here's the description. It's long. These these burial beers have the MFA, you know, MFA uh, wannabe type guy writing their beer description. Um, it says here, all things migrate in some meandering way. Nothing is linear. The weaving path of subconscious purity is a wild and wonderful being in and of itself. We are this, our present a collaboration with our mutual friend, which is a brewery I've been to in Denver, made with farmhouse yeast, staghorn sumac berries, and fermented upon white ash wood. We then bottle condition this saison with a blend of our two houses' mixed cultures. The end result is dried, apricot, apric, mm, dried apricots, grapefruit rinds, white peppercorns, and lemony acidity. This beer was delicious. Big time, nice Saison funk, farm funk, nice tartness, um, not vinegary at all, though. And the wood came through big time. Um, this was beautiful. It came in a clear bottle, which I was surprised by, but it is very pretty, labeling very pretty. Take a look at this one on Untapped if you want to see the label there. Um, what do we got for, well, for reviews? This was getting a 4.2. I gave it a 5, only 139 ratings on this, so it's still pretty uh, fresh into the world. Um, in the reviews, I am seeing some pictures in plastic cups. So clearly burial is open again. Um, so good for them, I guess. Here's a picture of a man with a plastic cup inside of his car. So maybe I don't understand the rules in North Carolina, but this guy's sitting, I can see the steering wheel in front of him. He is clearly in the driver's seat and he's got the plastic cup with the beer in it. Kind of a solo cup look, okay? Paul W. gave this a half of a star. Paul W., send in your address so I can come to your house and threaten you. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that, but, you know, that's wrong. All right. All right. Actually, that might be a quarter star, Paul. Jeez. Didn't say anything, though. Would love to know what that is. Um, Patrick D., tart and apricot, 3.75. Also incorrect, uh, sometimes I'm I'm okay to appreciate people's subjective opinion on beer. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just think it's wrong. Um, that guy clearly thought this beer was one note, and I just can't agree with that at all. Um, lots of three-some-ish ratings. Here's a 4.25. Little smack in the face on this. Just my tartness limit. I don't know. You know, maybe. I didn't find it particularly tart. Uh, here's a picture of a dog. That's cool. Sour yet light. Okay. You know, it was light drinking. It drank nicely. Um, but, you know, I thought Big Bot, I thought the the sort of depth of it was, I mean, it was pretty complex. I, I don't know if I would drink a lot of these. I split one bottle with with um, with Kelly, and I thought that was fine just because there's a lot to it. It's not something I would sit out and, and pound a few of just because it's sort of complex. Um uh, this guy didn't agree. Just enough hint of sour goes down almost too easy. This guy's porch pounded him. Congrats. So some pretty um, straightforward reviews. This guy was drinking it along in a Dre Fontanen uh, glass. Actually, I think that's a great idea. I would drink that out of a Dre type tumbler. Or, uh, I have a couple of Tilkin tumblers. This could go in those. I think this is a good fit. This did have a goose-ish lambic-ish type of funk to it that usually doesn't appear in American sour. So check that out if you can. You know, burial shipping. 
so you can get this um, if you're lucky and and enjoy it. I really liked it, so I'm, I'm going to have my eyes on any burial sours. And I actually just cleaned one off with bleach a few minutes ago, so uh, I think I'll be drinking more of their sour beer. This one had apples and pears and stuff in it, so I'll, I can report on that next week if I remember. Um, let's uh, get some more pills down here. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I'm sure Tony won't edit that out. No way. Um, and I don't want him to. I want you guys to hear me enjoying this nice Pilsner. Maybe topping up my, my glass a little bit with the 16-ounce can. Um, so uh, one more segment that I'm going to subject everybody to here on my own uh, is a new segment that I came up with a few minutes ago. Oh, and there it is. West Ham just beat Chelsea. So now you know exactly what time and day it is. Um. Three to two for West Ham over Chelsea. That is nice for the uh, Tottenham fan in the house, which is me. Um, so that's good. How about that, huh? So the segment uh, I'm going to do is called Enter. Uh, is called the Brux Capacitor, and that is a very, very uh, deep cut beer nerd thing. Brux um, being a strain of uh, Britannomyces. I believe it's like Bruxellanus. Um, I probably mispronounced that, so come after me. It's fine. Uh, we're going to jump in the Brux capacitor, and we are going to go back in time. It's just me, though. Uh, I, I run this I run this shit. Uh, we're going back in time to 2010, and we are going to look at the top 10 beers from Rate Beer in 2010, and we're going to talk about those a little bit. So... Uh, you're going to see some, this is going to be old school. You're not going to see, you know, your heady, horny toppler. Uh, credit to my friend, at um, uh, my, the guys at Malt Couture on, on the horny toppler. You're not going to see heady topper. You're not going to see Julius. Uh, you're not going to see, you know, whatever uh, uh, Trillium one of those is. Or you're not going to see your FO, fundamental observation. That I hear. It doesn't exist. The brewery doesn't exist. The, the people are underage. They can't drink yet. Who founded the brewery? Um, not me, though. I could drink, and I was. Um, so here are, you know, we're going to go 10 to 1. I'm going Letterman style. These are the top 10 beers, according to Rate Beer, from uh, as of January 2010. Number 10 is Roquefort 10. Roquefort Tropies 10. This is the Roquefort Quad. Um, this is an absolutely fantastic beer. I have not had it in years. I used to enjoy this at the Bavarian Lodge back, you know, in the ages where we could go outside. This is an all-time favorite of mine. Available pretty much everywhere. I don't know. Maybe there are states here where in the in the U.S. where you can't get it. But this is an all-time classic. Now, I would put it up against Westy 12. Sorry. You know, I, I think it, I think it belongs up there. It definitely has a different character. I, if I recall, it definitely has a kind of a unique sweetness to it. Rogue for 10, big body, love this beer. Um, let's take a quick look at the, at the stats on this Rogue for 10 in rate beer. It is getting a hundred overall, a hundred for style. Um, 11.3%. So it's a very strong beer, obviously as a quad. So, um, Roquefort 10, no complaints for me on Roquefort 10 as, as a top 10 beer. 
Um, you could argue that uh, I would guess uh, if I had to guess right now, and I'm not going to look, I would say there's no shot in hell. It's in the top 10 right now, but I could be wrong. Uh, maybe we'll check that next week. I won't be checking it right now. We're just going to live with that. Number nine, Russian River, Pliny the Elder. Pliny the Elder, I've had one of these this year. It is fantastic, still tastes great, and we've mentioned on this show before, more widely available than ever. You can get this at Whole Foods now in California. Uh, I last drank one, I think, uh, in California. I did this this past year. I drank one in Philadelphia because it was at uh, Monk's, uh, Monk's Cafe, I believe, in Philadelphia. They were having a, a Russian River Tap takeover. Love that. Uh, but Pliny the Elder, number nine. Stats on this one, gang, it's also getting 100 out of 100. So this one might still be in the top 10. You know, I could I, I could believe if this were still in the top 10 um, in, in 2020. I think people still appreciate Pliny. I'm not sure if they like it as much anymore. Uh, this says serve in shaker on rape beer. I, no, no, I won't be doing that. I will not be serving my my Pliny in a shaker, at least a nonic. Um, I've, I've talked a few times about one of my favorite memories in the world of beer is showing up to Russian Rivers Pub on a Sunday where they had 350 pints and just housing some pints of Russian River or of uh, Pliny while I ate a pizza that had about 800 pepperonis on it. Damn, that was good. Love that. And they have great pizza there. Number eight. Oh, boy. Number eight is Founders KBS. This is not going to be in the top ten. Uh, I will I will stamp that with a with a Griff guarantee. You you have my word. There is no way KBS is in the top ten. Founders clearly been um, deservedly uh, getting a lot of shit for being racists and being uh, having shitty owners. And now they have you know ten years ago they were not owned by the whatever the company is called that owns San Miguel. Um, I believe the Spanish company they are now uh, KBS, I would guess absolutely no way it's in the top 10. And frankly, I've had KBS. It's still the better of, of the, of the special breakfast out. I actually like it better than CBS. I think it has more of a distinct barrel note. Um, I did enjoy this beer back when I was drinking founders beer, but those days have passed. Um, I think, you know, founders has not done really anything meaningful to, um, course correct um from their you know apparently years of 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 not just implicit explicit racism so um not interested but uh at the time i did enjoy this beer uh has a clear barrel flavor nice coffee taste you know that's a good beer um number seven number seven of uh three floyd's dark lord uh I would guess this is still in the top 10. I would think it might even be higher for all I know, although there's other Dark Lord variants in here. Actually, Dark Lord makes up a lot of this list uh, now that I'm looking at it. Uh-oh. Um, so this is the original type Dark Lord. This is what this is um, popularly known as the Kikoman version. Um, Dark Lord turns into soy sauce very quickly. Definitely has a overbearing sweetness. Um, I... Will drink Dark Lord. I would never turn down a Dark Lord. I appreciate it, but it is, you know, sort of a, a, a very strong malt sweetness. That said, I think if you're complaining about Dark Lord being sweet and then I see you checking in, you know, cupcake stout, I don't know, you know, 
take that opinion with a grain of salt, right? I mean, it is sweet. It does have a fermented malt flavor that you might get from a soy sauce. I don't know what to tell you, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't come to me with your complaints about sweet dark Lord when you're, when your next beer is, you know, got sprinkles or caramel in it. Um, sorry. And it is made with Intelligentsia coffee still, I think, in, in this age. Um, now, I believe it's made with dark matter, but I couldn't. Don't quote me on that. Or do. I don't know. I don't know. Who's writing quotes about this show? Number six, Ale Smith Speedway Stout. Love this beer. Original Speedway Stout, I would say absolutely no way it's on the top ten. Um, original Speedway is still getting 100 out of uh, 100 overall 100 style um i would guess that very unlikely that original speedway is in the top 10 still it's delicious um i still like it i would gladly drink some if it showed up at my doorstep not that i think it i expect it to but i would i don't know if i'd go out and buy it though anymore the hawaiian the the variants of speedway that they've been releasing uh, more recently have been very tasty uh hawaiian speedway i love there's a Thai ice, not Thai ice tea, like a Thai speedway. I don't know. I know there's one with coconut in it. I love that. And maybe that's the Hawaiian, but speedway stout thumbs up. I actually, the first time I ever had speedway stout was in Scotland. <laughs> Funny enough. Um, we, at the time we're not having ale Smith was not distributed here. This is probably 2013. I was at a brew dog in Edinburgh, the brew dog in uh, Cowgate, Cowgate, in Cowgate in Edinburgh and they had a bottle share or beer, beer tasting or something. And, uh, there was a, there was a speedway stout and I, and a racer five, um, from bear Republic and I enjoyed them both. So that was cool. Uh, so that was my first speedway stout and now we get it here. We, we can get a speedway stout anytime you want. Um, so not a big deal anymore, but at the time it was dreamy. loved it. Uh, those are, those are the days I miss being excited by beers like that. You know, now, you know, I'm excited to hose down my IPA with bleach. So, great. Um, here, let's get some more pills, huh? Mm-hmm. Number five, and we are entering the Dark Lord phase, Dark Lord Part 2. Uh, this is Vanilla Bean Barrel Age Dark Lord. Um this beer has gone through many different names. Um, I don't know, you know, there, there is a rating from, there are ratings from more recently. Oh, uh, you know, if people are putting marshmallow hangi in here, so that is the current, what we would call bourbon barrel aged vanilla dark Lord is, is hangi. Um, you know, this is a hundred out of a hundred, obviously, you know, 14 some percent, like all Dark Lords. Um, this listing is specifically for bourbon, vanilla, bean, Dark Lord. So I've had Hangi. I don't know if I've had any from this age. You know, for a while, Dark Lord was just a very hard beer for even me to get. And I didn't feel like going to Dark Lord Day, so I've been to it. Um, so it was kind of a white whale for me. And I sort of had turned into my, you know, the beer version of apricots where I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm just not ever going to have it. Then I said, okay, I'll drink it because it was showing up. So vanilla bean dark Lord is delicious. I love vanilla stout. Um, this beer is fantastic. If you're complaining about soy sauce, the barrel takes away the soy sauce taste. The barrel dries it out, gives it a nice, uh, alcoholic backbone, um, whiskey taste. Love this beer. Um, do I think this, do I think Hanji is in the top five anymore? Or top 10? Hmm. 
Boy, tough to say. I could, I, I could see it. Um, I, I think it might be on the outside looking in, though. Um, I think original Dark Lord would be just because I think people, you know, rate beers like Zombie Dust and Dark Lord sort of high. Um, boy, is this is this list from pre-Zombie Dust era? That is. I just I just looked at the bottom of the list and I got disappointed by something, so I'll tell you that later. Um, so Vanilla Bean Dark Lord number four is Oak Age Dark Lord. Uh, I would guess now Vanilla Bean would be above Oak Aged. Um, and it might be above the original too, honestly. Handy it would be. So um, I could see the adjunct beer overtaking that. Um, certainly uh, not. That wouldn't be unbelievable to me. I think at least one Dark Lord is on the list. So maybe it's Hangy. Um, that wouldn't shock me. But yeah, number four was Oak Age Dark Lord. I, would, I will double check, but I would guess that's just the original barrel aged, non-adjuncted variant. And it is dark lord aged in a variety of bourbon barrels, including Woodford and Heaven Hill. Not brandy barrel dark lord. And the picture of the bottle on this is so old. Holy shit! Yeah, pretty good. Um, I, I think this beer has a different name now. Uh, I don't think it's called BBA Dark Lord. I think it's you know got some chemtrail or one of these mixes. I don't know. Um, so uh, I would guess at least one Dark Lord is in the top 10. My guess would be Vanilla, the Hangy. Um, Chemtrail Mix might be the one. I don't know. So maybe we'll look later. I don't know. Uh, number three. I don't think this one is going to be in the top 10. Now this is Bourbon Barrel Aged Hunapu, um from Cigar City. Uh, I haven't had BBA Hunapu, I don't think. We'll check, though. Um Look on on me on untapped here. Barrel aged. Um, hey, come on. Uh, well, okay, double barrel Hunapu, uh, twenty sixteen. So I have had it. What did I think of it? Where did I have it? I had this at my local tap room. I gave it a four point seven five. This was in thirty one May twenty seventeen. So three some years ago, I was drinking this. Boy, the time flies by, doesn't it? Um, so that's the double barrel um, that probably didn't exist in this time in this time frame. But you know, maybe I, I would doubt it's in the top ten now. I'm sure it's delicious. Um, I like Hunapu, but it gets a lot of the same uh, shit that three that that Dark Lord gets: soy sauce, overhyped, so on and so forth. I think those things could be true. Depends on how responsive you are to hype, I guess. Um, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's good. So, uh, I think you have to, you have to kind of, you kind of have to accept the hype. You know what I mean? Um, if you expect a beer to change your life, you, you may need to reassess. Um, I say that as I host this podcast with beer where I spend time in my life doing it. So whatever. Um, here's a good one. You guys will like this. Uh, number two, Nark, Narkikagen Stormacht Porter. And I'm sure that's good. I'm glad that sounded good. This is a Swedish uh, porter. Oh, it's, it's a it's, sorry. It's an imperial stout. Um, imperial stout brewed with heather honey and aged on oak barrels for two and a half months. Serve at minimum fourteen degrees. Share the bottle. Brewed in two thousand. First brewed in two thousand five. Ages well for several years. I would love to try this beer. Um, no way I've ever had it, but I would love to have that. And I'm sure that's good. Do I think it's in the top 10 now? Ooh. Ugh. Boy, that would surprise me. But 
you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, but that sounds delicious with the Heather honey in there. Um, I would love to love to try that beer. Uh, so if anyone has that, give me a shout. I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll find it for you from Ouro Sweden, a team who I've watched, I uh, actually a city who's, whose football club I've watched, um, in Stockholm. So cool brag by me. Uh, it was not a very well-played game, but Hey, I was there. It was fun. Ate a hot dog. And number one is Westy 12, Westy 12, one of two quads in the top 10. Boy, that's hard for me to believe that would be true in 2020. Um, so shouts to Westy 12. It's fantastic. Uh, I have a bottle in my basement right now that I bought in the Faroe Islands. So would love to drink some Westy 12. Uh, maybe I will. Maybe not tonight, but maybe I will drink some Westy 12 soon. Uh, I had some Westy 8 relatively recently. That's number 29 on this list, and that's excellent too. But it is not, I mean, I would not, I would drink that on a clean palate. I would not go bang a bunch of cupcake stouts and then drink Westy 8. That would be my advice. Um, I did mention something that was depressing to me. Oh, actually, you know what we're going to do real quick is we're going to check the Westy 12 rating on the old untapped, and that will make us feel bad. It's a 4.53, so actually that makes me feel good. I'm sure it's just rated purely on the rarity. It's only 10.2%, so a little lower than Roquefort. So I think maybe my assessment of sweetness on the Roquefort might have been correct, but 197,000 check-ins on Westy 12. So... Maybe rarity is an understatement. Now, one of the variants on here is Westy 12, 1991. I would love to know what that tastes like. I would love to know what that tastes like. Tasted October 11th, 2016. Stored for 25 years in a 12-degree Celsius cellar. Clear, dark red beer, no head. Aroma, Porto, sweet, alcohol, Madeirized, light vanilla. Taste sweet, Porto, Madeira, raisin figs, very low carbonation. Would love to try that. Absolutely. Serve it up, baby. Give me that 1991 Westie. I drank a 1993 Lambic once, in, uh, and it was horrible. Tasted like toothpaste. And an old person's home. If you had your mouth open, it was hideous. So not all old beer is good. Not all rare beer is good. But this old rare beer sounds delicious to me. Um. So that, oh yeah, the one thing that made me very sad when I was looking at this list was I scrolled down, which I shouldn't have done, and I saw Dre Fontanen homage number 53. That sucks. Uh, it's not the 53rd. It's way above that. But, you know, and Blabber is 51. So, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that, but other than, eh, you know. I guess, whatever. All right. So, boy, I went on for 35 minutes just babbling over and over to myself about various beers. I've only drank a little bit of my Pilsner because I I feel the pain of the silence. It hurts me. Um, it, it stings. So I need to get off of this call and drink this beer. Gang, you can... Email us at beerengineshow at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram. Beer Engine Pod is the Instagram. And you can look at pictures that I put up there. What kind of pictures do I put up? I don't know. Sometimes weird cartoons I find on Google Image. Sometimes pictures of zombie dust that I'm drinking, which I uh, have been enjoying some zombie dust of, of late. Sometimes it's pictures of me doing the 
beer hosing, uh, with the bleach, you know, you never know what, what to expect. I think one time I put up a picture of Harvey Weinstein. So hopefully that was good too. Um, so check us on Instagram. You can find me on untapped. I'm Griff AD. You can find Tony out there, St. Maz. And, uh, once again, my, um, you know, my condolences to the very hot and very sexy Tony. Please do not come and beat my ass for not giving you enough praise during this show. I know you could. You're a very strong person with no underlying conditions whatsoever. So uh, please uh, accept all of my uh, gratitude and um, you know my best wishes and my condolences and my love. All of those things are true. Please, you know, please take them. Uh, thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed and we will talk to you next week later.